Every time you, you strive and you're doing well, there's always going to be someone on the sidelines that goes, you shouldn't be doing that, or that's, you're out of line, or you're no good. And I tell the kid, I now have figured it out. It just took me a long time. Because even when I met Jeremy, believe it or not, Jeremy, of all people, I had people who said to me, oh, you're just attracted to him. And I, I was like, well, what are you supposed to be to your husband? Not, yeah, not attracted, attracted to Yeah, like, what? I don't understand that comment. Or I had people say, oh, can't believe you. You hardly know each other. I said, and it, just none of it resonated. So I got really good at deciphering. So when someone aimed their gun at me, I knew it had something to do with them, not me. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not gonna be 100% in, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Melina, welcome to the fireside. Cheers. Ryan, you got cheers. your warm water. <laughs> She wanted warm, not cold, warm. I don't like cold. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Very, very, very busy mom and wife. Your husband is currently, you know, deployed. Um, he may be helping in the efforts down in Florida. So you were scrambling today. You said this was important to you to show up for me as well as for yourself. So I thank you for that. And thank you. Shout out to... Jeremy, he's a patriot. Thank you. Thank you for your service. He's serving in the Coast Guard, potentially diving out of helicopters today, rescuing people. No, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> we love him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great, great guy. Uh, most people won't know that you and Jeremy are clients of mine, but are, it's evolved into a friendship. You're a good person that's striving to be a successful entrepreneur, and you're doing it and doing it very well while you have two kids that are very active and busy in gymnastics and school and everything else. Thank you. So you are exactly who we want on the pit. You're going to inspire a lot of people. You don't think you're special. I no. know, I know you are and that's Aww. why you're here. So cheers again. Thank you for Thank coming. Thank you. I'm drinking up, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start your story. I got to chronologically walk through your life. That's what I like to do here. And for a little bit of homework for the show or for the viewers who may watch it that are in your world this show is about being able to turn around and help the next guy or girl up the ladder i was a kid who didn't have much i had great work ethic that i was able to learn from my family but i didn't have successful business people around me per se and i was always a little frustrated why isn't more people helping for free right there was a lot of coaching out there but thirty thousand dollars on the wrong coaching could leave you broke pretty quickly as a young business owner. So we're bringing people on the show, having them tell their story and bringing inspiration. So for those of you who don't know about the show, that's what this is about. And Melina, again, is filled with a ton of uh, inspiration. So born in Brooklyn. No. Born in? Born in Houston. Houston. <laughs> Your parents Houston, were in Brooklyn Texas. after they came from Egypt. Yep, so they're both uh, immigrants. So both immigrants. They, so daughter they immigrated immigrants. legally to the U.S. And then um, my dad was in the oil industry as a mechanical engineer, and we moved to Houston, Texas. Did your parents talk about the legal route often? No, it was a very... Um, it was a very simple. My dad wanted to immigrate, and at the time you could... You could do that. You did the paperwork, you waited, mm -hmm. and then when you got accepted, you went. And he yeah. came and I think got a master's here in the US and then got married. And then they both came to here together. Yep, to, to New York for a little bit. I had an uncle who lived in New York um, in Weehawken. And then, then we came to Houston, which was another, it was Houston at the time where if you had an accent, if you look different, it was still transitioning. Houston back then was not the Houston I lived in the second time around. Mm -hmm. Houston so. and Austin are very progressive to what they probably were 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, the whole the whole state probably, but for sure Houston was is predominantly um, Anglo, I would say, without being offensive to anybody. Explain that, what that means. 
there, there, it was predominantly white suburbia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom had, don't be, my husband's <laughs> a white guy. <laughs> and I love him to death. But I don't I'm talk teasing, like I'm that. Teasing. You know what I mean? I like I never. I know, you're the best. Uh, there are a lot of people that carry that stuff with them and I just don't. But I do remember, I'm mindful of what my parents had it. to deal with. Yeah. Yes, there were broken cars. The, they would blow out windows in the house, um, but they were hardworking. And my mom never really, um, she fought hard, I'm sure, for what she, she was able to protect us, to shelter us. But that was, those early years were not easy years. And then um, we moved to San Antonio, maybe a little bit more. Uh, Progressive. For, uh, yeah, a, a little bit more multicultural. Mm-hmm. Um, but we only stayed there for five years. And again, the, the engineering world moves us around a lot. Um, my mom got very and sick in was San an Antonio. In the oil business, right? Yep. He was, a, yeah, like transport. It's mechanical engineers, they build like the transport of oil. Mm-hmm. So for planes, for all military devices. So and it's did so he funny. Go to school for that in Egypt? He went, he, I think what he did, if I remember the degrees properly, he passed away and I recently went through his paperwork. But he got his degree in Egypt, and then he got his master's, and then another type of a master's here in the U.S., and did very well for himself. He was very strong, but also a, a difficult Tough. man to live with. Tough. Well, he came from a different country and a different era. Of, Just a different lifestyle. Yeah. The, the affection that we all share with our <laughs> children was not the same. Um, and it, to have a daughter who is a musician and a son who was an artist and another son who was a theater major, it was yeah. like very hard he's for like, him. what is going on? Yeah, he's an engineer, a very mathematical, <laughs> yeah. calculated mind. I can't figure out the math how you make a living here, Melina. Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and he'd always say that. He's like, there's are no you sure you don't want to try something there's else? There's no spreadsheet for this. <laughs> I mean, the whole my whole life, I thought he didn't really care for my singing because I don't think he went to anything. Um, but it wasn't until later, actually on his deathbed, I, the woman said to me, you should sing to your dad. And my brother, who is an artist and had a camera, he videotaped everything and I just, he did it for himself. I, that's cathartic for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just How did you sang. feel as, as a young daughter of an immigrant having a, a tough father that, and I thought, you know, the Italians, the Irish, everybody did it. I think back in the day, it was be really hard and don't show them you're proud because they got to keep going, right? They're yeah. not to where you think their peak is or their pinnacle. Was that very difficult to not see your dad give you that affection or give you that, that pat on the back? Hey, it, you're doing a great job. It caused problems later. Got it. So what ends up happening is you don't get the affection from the male in your life. I, don't, I think now looking in the in the rears yeah. I think oh, he didn't know how yeah he didn't he didn't yeah. know how it, it, what am I supposed to do and he was very tough and a, a little abu- what we would call abusive today but I hate using that word too but it was a very tough life and um, if it wasn't for that I probably would not know what the hell to do in New Jersey because yeah. there's nothing you or anyone could do to me that's as tough as those 19 years yeah. of marriage that I had to survive Yeah, there was a lot of hitting officers and you know it's yeah. just but he didn't know any better yeah so we that mentioned his culture. that 100% cultural 100% two cultures at war mm-hmm. which I feel like we're still kind of going through it was now, his culture what he grew up with and now you're in America that's just freedom free loving it's all it's too too much now yeah. the kids are like don't I'm fighting with my children to tr- try and get them to pull yeah, back back in yeah because it's like extra, you know, it's so easy for a child to go, mom, if you ground me, that's abuse. And I was like, oh no, no, I'll show you abuse. Do yeah. you really want to hear about abuse? Cause yeah. I have many a story to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but even then you just, you can't carry that. You just have to make it part of the fabric and go on to the next. So I would say the only complications is it took me a long time to figure out who for me to see who the right person was. In a male that you wanted to marry. Got it. In a partner. Yeah, for and sure. Jeremy is definitely, 
Like, I, I'm pretty decent with personalities. I don't know at all, but you are definitely a fit. He's like super organized, very easygoing. You're very intelligent, visionary, go-getter, but a little all over the map, right? And and you guys couldn't be more of a, of a perfect he couple. He wouldn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. Would, I'm telling people that. He would say, but I get in these moments where I'm like, oh, my God, if, if everything is not just so, and I'll just spew out bah, 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 like a drill sergeant. And he's like, I'm going to just go take a break, Melina. <laughs> that's you, though. That is. That's you, and that's Thank God it works. he's easygoing. So I'm going to fast track your life a little bit for, for a lack of time. I want to yep. get your story in. There's a lot of good stuff here. So go through high school in Texas, correct? Or you moved to California? High school, high school was in California. So we went to Houston, San Antonio, Torrance, California, mm-hmm. Redondo Beach, really rough shootings, knives, suicides, um, to what is now um, La Mirada, which is the heart of Orange County near Fullerton. And um, I thrived there. I clicked with the teacher. His name was Mr. Gewurzman, and he hooked me into speech and debate. I had auditioned for theater. I have no idea why, because I was a singer up until that point. Was this high school or college? High school. And um, he, if you want to say an influence on your life, that was... Definitely totally steered you in the right direction. One. He knew totally. what you should do. And but all through talent, all through the... T- we never talked personal that I recall. He knew I was in a difficult situation because there were days my dad wouldn't allow me to go compete, but I somehow he mustered the courage to fight for myself at that young age. And um, I was doing really well in speech and debate. So it's exercising your, your presence, how you speak, and... Um, I ended up being a state champion. And then Mr. Gewurzman also saw I had a talent in music, and he would write these things called Reader's Theaters. And there were these shows about um, kids. And, you know, he, he, di- he did such great work through writing, and he would put singing parts in there for me so that I could get my performance out. And then eventually I just transitioned completely to voice. And that's what you went to college for was more music. Yeah. It's music, but it's still performance on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I did really well there. But I, again, like everyone, I, if you don't fit exactly in the box of the program and you don't follow exactly the path, I, I was, by the time I was a junior, there was a, the department head at the time said, I just don't see it, right to my face. I don't see it. I don't see that you're going to ever be a success. And I just, again, you file it in. It you hurts. have a chip, Melina. That's why we get along. Yeah. You file you it in, but there are a ton person. of people. Do oh. you put her face, like, like next to your commission checks? Like, no, but I know one day. Not that you're day, that or about money, but. That, yeah, but one day, it's not just the money. It's the it's the fact that someone would ever say that. and You should never say that to anybody no, in any I've world. No, I've had tons of people say it. And I'm so glad they did, because every time someone says that. Fills the tank. Yeah, it kind of moves you, scoots you over like a shuffleboard, boom, 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 and you go where you're supposed to be. It's the correction of life, you know? Yeah. And, and, and actually, Evan and I had an honest conversation a few weeks ago, and he was giving me a little bit of eat the meat and spit the bones, and, you know, that type of stuff fires me up. It's like, okay, you may be right in some areas, you may be wrong in some other areas, and, you know, those types of conversations with people that you look up to or you care about or is your friend or your family, like, they, they move you. And yeah. if they are negative, I always took that negative and turned it into a positive. Somehow you have to. Otherwise, you become a depressed person, a druggie, living out someone else's words. You can't hold the anger either, though. No. You, you, have, to, you have to use it as fuel, but not be mad. And, and that's yeah. a you have transition. To not give a shit. You, yeah, it's a transition you develop into. Yeah. So, to, to again, move this along, where were you going to college? I went to college at Cal State Fullerton. I started in politi- politics in high school politics at Cal State Fullerton totally by accident both times um, and then I see you in politics in the future <laughs> maybe someday and then in only because not because I like politics only because I don't understand when someone sees something that is right why you will not fiercely defend it do you understand what I mean scared to be canceled the administrative state we could talk about this for five hours yeah that's why you have to be self-made yeah. I my income it has to be there's no better I time to, to get rich than now. 
than no better time. time to get rich than now. It's not about money, it's about freedom. Yeah, it's just freedom to be able to stand for what you believe in. If you're not gonna do it for you, do it for the people watching you. Mm -hmm. Do it for the children watching us. Do it for our colleagues that need us to step up to the plate. I agree. So that's, that's why. I, so I totally agree. If, if I ever entered politics, it would be to not need anybody's money and to be able to say, you know what, that's wrong. That's just wrong. That's what Trump tried to do, and they came after him pretty viciously. They will. They'll come, and they'll find, I'm sure, I, have, I probably have millions of yeah. ghosts in my closet. Yeah. Who knows? No one's perfect. No. You know, everyone, no. I still, to this day, I have some people that reach out like, you were mean to a guy in third grade, and you beat him up and took his lunch money. And I'm like, what? Like, this 18 Who years ago. This? Well, people obviously hold on to things, right? They don't yeah. let go. Yeah. Um, but, again, you were pretty immersed in music. I was totally immersed in music and every every decision I made in my college to 20s years I made for the purpose of progressing my music career and in an effort to find myself. So in college I went to Austria and sang in Austria, met some of my best friends that I still have today. Um, and sang in a program there in Graz. And then... Uh, now, was that kind of like the professional opera over in Austria? Or? Yeah, well, we would go and s you sing for the professionals because these are the audition years. Really, the, the operatic voice doesn't mature until later. Um, maybe in your mid-20s, I would say, like fully mature. But I, was, I had a dream and I was chasing it. And then... Um, after college, I was hired by Opera Pacific, and I was in their like young, the young artist group, and, and in the choir. And so I was being paid to sing, which I loved, and I was also able to watch the professionals and how they were handling themselves, and what was working, what was not, vocally, what was working, what was not. And again, there was still something that was driving me. And every time you you strive and you're doing well, there's always gonna be someone on the sidelines that goes, you should be doing that, or that's, you're out of line, or you're no good. And I tell the kid, I now have figured it out. It just took me a long time. Because even when I met Jeremy, believe it or not, Jeremy, of all people, I had people who said to me, oh, you're just attracted to him. And I, I was like, well, what are you supposed to be to your husband? Not, yeah, not attracted, attracted to him? Yeah, like what? I don't understand that comment. Or I had people say, oh, can't believe you. You hardly know each other. I said, and it, just none of it resonated. So I got really good at deciphering. So when someone aimed their gun at me, I knew it had something to do with them, not me. Does Eat that make the sense? meat and spit the bones. Yeah. It's, it's, and again, and, and things that people tell you, it may be about you. It may be about them too, right? There's, there's maybe a mix of both or maybe it's all on them or it's all on you. But you do try to take from other people. But there is a lot of people who are upset with their own situation. They're maybe insecure or whatever they may be going through. And they don't like to see anybody succeed. They don't like to see anybody happy and married, especially if they're a single girl, right? Yeah. Oh, Melina, he's not for you. Stay single with me. Let's go to the bar again, yeah, right? Yeah, I was, I was just not that person. Yep, and, agreed. And that stuff will happen, you know, regularly in life. Um, so moving this along again, <laughs> you are now coming back from Austria. You're, you're in Texas. You say, yeah. I want to... I wanna, pursue music more mm -hmm. I'm gonna move to Italy yep so I didn't have money and how old I was so I just sang with Portland Opera for a year and I, I was talking to the Canadian tenor and the Canadian tenor said what do you dream of and then it's like bells went in my head I said I dream of going to Italy I've always wanted to learn the language I want to go to Italy again everyone thought I was nuts my mom I don't even remember what she said, but they must have all thought I was crazy. I held a fundraising concert. I practiced for it for three, four months. I raised five, $6,000, and my friend and I went to Italy, and I found a program that was like an immersion of Italian, and I learned Italian, and I got myself a, someone I was dating who didn't speak any English. He only spoke Italian. So it, it, eventually, I just learned the language, learned the culture, sang, met my idols. I met Morella Freni and sang for her and just did more of that auditioning, performing regional level. And then came back and decided I'm going to New York. And it was right after 9-11. And again, with 700 in my pocket and my brother 
bless his heart, he was working, he was a technical director for South Park, the show at the time. And he said to me, take my credit card, just in case. Mm-hmm just in case you need it and and go find yourself a place like everyone was petrified for me i'm going into terrorist territory but i want to stop you real quick so talking about throwing that concert that raised five to ten grand whatever the dollar amount was it doesn't matter to start to organize that in your community to say hey i want to go pursue this dream as again a daughter of immigrants in america the most free country in the world i don't know so much nowadays but in the past and go over to Italy and pursue this career in singing and get into these programs. That right there is entrepreneurial. I didn't know. Of course you didn't know, but it, it was. Yeah, I did. I, I and there were successes and failures in 100%. that that you learned a ton from that you probably still use some of it today, whether it be subconsciously or consciously. So close yeah. to you. That's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. And how old were you doing that? I was young. How old? I going was Italy. maybe 20. Um, so that was 2001. How, how old was I in 2001? 75, 2001. Uh, that's... It's too quick a math I can't do math. <laughs> um, I was ma- maybe 26, 27, 28. Like in those years, I was Italy and New York. And then um, I thought I was in love. And did, I did Italy every single summer because I taught during the day, I taught music at Corpus Christi Elementary in the city. And then I would go and run in the summer and go to Italy mm-hmm. um, and live out that dream. And I love the culture and I love the people. And I was so, it's such an accepting Italy just, culture. Italy just uh, elected very a very, conservative. very, very conservative yep. woman, prime minister. So... I'll be eager to see what happens. Kudos to, to the Italians in Italy. Right. <laughs> uh, they don't want any more lockdowns. They don't want any more masks. No, no my God. So, don't even get me started. <laughs> so talking about that, you really love singing. Can, can you sing for us a little bit? Can you give us a little? A little I knew can you, you belt would say that. Out? What do you want me to sing? I don't know. What are your like favorite lines? Give us something good. Let's hit a high note. Sometimes if I want to embarrass the kids, I will I belt will out. I will totally belt out. I'll be like, you know what I mean? And just like really just, piss them just off. Just go all out. <laughs> like, Mom, it. Mom, don't do that. Don't let anybody hear you. <laughs> but now it's like you really opera is an exercise. Mm-hmm. It's like CrossFit. Yeah, you gotta do it every day. You gotta do, you gotta warm those vocal cords every day. So now I sing more in the vein of like God. I think the only thing people ask me for now is like God bless America, some hymns in the church, mm-hmm. you know, the Star Spangled Banner. Um, you should sing the Star Spangled Banner right now. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna sing. God bless we'll America. We'll shoot that another time. <laughs> I love God bless America. It's, it is a great song. It's a great song. I was. Um, and he's still blessing America. There's going to be a change in this country. One hundred. Listen, it. Ta- see that fire? It takes that fire to clean everything. Yep. To make a diamond. To to to. You know, you you've heard. You you've seen go that YouTube. Tough. Have you seen that YouTube with um, the Watch lobster? The you're trying to kill me for no, sure. No, I just say, I, I want to keep you warm. I'm nervous. You don't got a cover up no, on. No, no, no. Um, have you ever seen that story? It's the rabbi, and he says he's sitting He's sitting in the doctor's office. You ever seen this YouTube mm-hmm. video? Oh, it's amazing. He's sitting in the doctor's office, and he reads an article about lobsters. And lobster is this, like, mushy creature, and it has a hard shell. And every time it needs to molt and get out of that shell, like, fights and busts out of the shell, then has to go hide and create another another bigger, stronger shell. And that um, if we were humans, as we are right now in this society, if you start to hurt a little bit, you have a little achy pain, you go to the doctor and he gives you Percocet or whatever, they give you some, some type of something that kills whatever pain you're going through. I once had a doctor, he was like, your dad's passed away. Should I give you antidepressants? I was like, no, I want to feel the pain. Yeah. You got to feel the pain. You have to go through the storm. Yeah, so many people are so quick to get on the Xanax, to get, yeah, on, the, to get, whatever get on the, the antidepressants, uh, the, whatever exactly, it may be. Exactly. And again, I'm not saying some people don't need those things. I don't want to sound like I don't have empathy for them. But, you know, I, I, I believe that the, 
the tough things that I've been through has led me here today to have these types of conversations and give back like I'm, I'm giving back today. There's no way that you could have been where you are today if there weren't for hardships. I, I mean, most people, when I tell them the story, they think I'm lying. <laughs> and I'm like, go read my ebook, go ask my friends, go look back on my social media. Like, that is the stuff I went through, and they're yeah. still dumbfounded that I'm here today. And that's why I think I'm here to do something special. Some people might think that's bullshit. Like, that's real talk. I think I'm here to do something special. I'm not a perfect person. I'm continuing to grow as a, a mature father, friend, husband, and, uh, you know, entrepreneur who's, who's here to give back. And, uh, you know, I think we all are always trying to improve. But to your point, if we're not going through tough things, we're never going to be able to figure out how to deal with adversity. I see people who are coddled their whole life and they're now in business and all of a sudden some tough times come up like we're going through now. And I think we're going to go through in the future. And all of a sudden these people crack. They panic because they've never been through adversity. So adversity is a good thing. Get to adversity as quick as possible. Yeah, and I I honestly, what was it, the story I heard the other day, um, Gary Keller was saying that the bull, when they see a storm coming, they're the only animal that drives through the storm so it can get to the other side faster, whereas other animals run away from the storm and the storm continues to chase them. Mm -hmm. And I think for sure Jeremy's personality is that of, okay, here's the storm, I'm just going to go through it. Do you know in a Coast Guard ship, he was telling me this about Katrina and Rita, and he said, Melina, during Katrina and Rita, we had to go through the hurricane to get out of it because there was no way to escape the the hurricane. So they actually go with the wind and let it dump dump them out. How about the people that fly in and above the hurricane oh, to track God. it? Yeah. So I think it's very much about life. I was tell, I tell the kids that, too, and everyone I meet. Very fitting, too, for what happened down in Florida and, you know, prayers to the people down there, especially in the oh Fort, God, I don't know. Fort yeah. Myers, Corporate Christie, uh, not Corporate Christie, um, Cape Coral. Naples. Naples, all of that area took a really big, big hit. You know, right here happened in Sandy. We have Bayhead and Manilokan. So I've seen that devastation. I've been living here for 17 years. Um, you go to Italy, move back to New York, back and forth in a long distance relationship doesn't work out. Nope. You meet your friend. I so Monica? then I moved to I moved to Houston. I moved to Houston and about a year and a half, a year into living in Houston in an apartment, I said, "You know what? This this is for the birds." I was working for my uncle's company like professional hair care distribution. Which is why Again. you have amazing hair. <laughs> Shout out to Melina's but, hair. But the truth is, if there's ever a business person, we were talking about mentors that really he poured into me. He was a, he was able to really open up his. Why business do you ever world. think why those people that do in your life? Because I have them as well, and it's it's far. He, and he just believed. Few and far between. He just believed. believed. He yeah. believed in me. So uh, there were times that, really, I always say I had a father, but but Amir is really my. He was such a mentor and an amazing uncle, and his kids. I mean, today I posted you know, that Jeremy's flight got canceled and I was really sad this morning and my cousin was the first call I got at 8 a.m. So it's probably 7 a.m. her time. Is Amir still with us? Yeah, oh yeah, thank God, Knockwood. Um, just an amazing person, has six kids, um, very Catholic, very uh, Christian in his beliefs, raised them the best Orthodox. he could. And has, yes, Coptic Orthodox, like the Greek Orthodox Church and had... Um, he has an incredibly f- successful business, and I can't even tell you how many times in the course of our work together, I worked for him for 10 years, that someone tried to kill that business. Someone who benefited from the business tried to kill the business. And what business are you referencing? So he he distributes professional hair care. So it's the stuff in the back of the house, in the salon, the hair color. The, the products that you buy that are professional and you can't find them at Walgreens or CBS. And how large was his company? His company covers all of Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. So and he's like a regional distributor of that product? He started, he bought into that, just I'll tell you a great quick story. So he immigrated, my mom immigrated him from Egypt to Texas. And he started, he tells the story, he started at Luther's Barbecue, sweeping the floors and cleaning the toilets. 
And the manager saw him and said, who, who cleaned these bathrooms? And he says, oh, I'm sorry, I did. They were disgusting. And he, for weeks he had been cleaning them. Who's cleaning these bathrooms? And then they immediately promoted him to manager. He was an accountant and owned a construction company in Egypt and immigrated and was cleaning toilets. And that was in his 20s. The and American then, kids don't know how good they have it. I say that to my kids all they the time. They really don't know no. how good they have it. And the immigrants that some people may push back against, they are the hardest working people. And they know what they want in, in, in this country. And they know that they want freedom. It's funny. Today, I have a, a Trump flag. And listen, dislike me if you want. I'm a good dude with a good heart. I, I love Trump. I back Trump and what he stands for. And uh, the two gentlemen who were from Mexico today helping with cleaning up my yard. Um, we need Trumpy back. Mexico need Trumpy back. Trumpy be back. I and, went. And, and the immigrants are the hardest working people and they just want. Because they understand. They want just, an, just, just the availability to go after freedom, to go after success for their family. Where the people here, you better get it figured out. That freedom is only one generation away from being removed and you need to defend it at all costs. And we have to, we have to empower to teach and teach it. Yeah. Yes, this is, this is my biggest dilemma because in real estate, you meet all, you meet Gen Z, mm -hmm. millennials, uh, you know, the, the baby boomers, retirees, you meet them all. Mm -hmm. And you really see such a big difference in what's their behaviors and of their course. reactions. Um, but anyway, long story short, because it's a beautiful story, he went on and he was the accountant for this distributorship. And he fell in love with the hair care business, salon, the stylist, very artistic community. And he worked really hard and the guy's children didn't want the business. So he offered it to my uncle and my uncle bought it and then would pay him for 10 years. Buy him out. To buy him out of the Succession business. Succession plan. And he always, he, he was, says like the, like the um, biblical story of Leban, you know, he paid seven years for his wife. He paid seven years for, or 10 years for his business. And what Amir may realize today, being in America this long and being a business owner is he gave that guy something he probably couldn't find or sell. So it was a blessing for both. It that was guy was sure. able to stay on a paycheck, which was his retirement and... Amir was able to get a business that maybe he didn't think he can start in America. He, he, he went, he was one of the very few people who went to that man's funeral mm -hmm. and called him a father for his whole life. So it was, it, I learned so much from Amir and his family and from my mom. My mom was very like, you messed with her children, she would come out. Because there were many times, especially in Houston in those years where um, kids would attack us because we were different. I mean, we were just brown in a very white community. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them, they're just ignorant. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you, you can't fault people for being ignorant or taught something. So um, she fought fiercely and I kid you not, she just has very little hate in her in her heart. Mm -hmm. She's one of the very few people I know in the world she could put her head on the pillow and sleep. And I will put my head on the pillow and think and think and think and think. She just doesn't. She and Jeremy have that gift. So as somebody who, and, and not to go politics, but as someone who has been a, a daughter of immigrants and, and walked down that path in America, would you still vote for Trump today? Uh, well, I, not only vote for Trump, I'd cheer him on. Yeah. I would, I 100%, I'm a believer. If you don't like, the man is not, I don't. He's not perfect. Let's no, not get carried yeah, away. But, we, but what a politician is. Yeah. Kennedy was just eloquent. Trump is not. Mm -hmm. You know, but you have to elect someone. And Kennedy who, was also doing some shady things yeah, in the White House. But you have to elect someone who deeply cares for the country, the people, they and at love. least, at the very, very least, the economy. Mm -hmm. But right now, to look at what's happening, there is someone who doesn't care for their economy. So if I was a business owner and I did not care for the economic wellness of my business because it feeds other people and supports their lives, then there is a major problem in my business. Those are the leaders that lose people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Truth? Well, leaders that make you feel good and lie to you lead you to a path of destruction. 100%. Really good leaders are leaders that you hate and tell you things that you don't want to hear. But you also see something in them. You see a strength, a prowess, 
um, whether you like what they're saying to you or decisions. not. Yeah, you yes. like it. You yes. like the action they so take. So he would always say that. There was a time when he was left with nothing. They got uh, they lost their largest company that we were distributing, and he did not pay himself for a year and paid us, paid all the 50 sales reps. Who does that? You got to sacrifice sometimes, right? You know, and in business, there's been many years where he was probably paying himself very handsomely. And then when that pendulum swims, swings back, and this is a nugget, this is a nugget, bong, 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 we need one of those sound makers, <laughs> nugget. Like, you got to sacrifice. Business owners, especially in the food industry now, are sacrificing. The yeah. money they take home to their family it's peanuts. is peanuts right now because of the food costs, because of inflation. And that goes across many different industries. As a business owner, sometimes you're making a boatload of money. And as a business owner, sometimes you're losing a boatload of money. And that just what is what happens. You gotta make sure you always take care of your people and always think about the long-term vision of the business and the goals that you have for yourself and your family. You do. That's, a, that's a great way of saying it is you have to have vision. You have to care for the people you're working with. Even in real estate, those are my people. My clients are my people. I have to think, I on the way here is talking to a client and you have to think, okay, this is what they're, they're, they're comfortable with and this is what they're not, what is going to preserve their wealth? Mm -hmm. That house is money. And we talk about this a lot yes. and you're very invested in that for yourself and for your clients. And I believe in it. I, I, wanna, I wanna fast track this a little bit more because again, you have a ton of good stuff left. So you meet this, this friend who you love and still talk to today and she's like, hey, let's go to Louisiana. Oh, we're back to Jeremy. You let's go to, to Louisiana. I go into a bar, bunch of drunk people. Grand Isle, Louisiana, the rigs are out in the Gulf. So they'd helicopter Coast them out there. and drop them off on this little island. It's, a, it's an isle, it's, it's like a Sandy Hook and it's connected to land by this much. And they drop them off and they're missing teeth and they have very bad drug and alcohol habits because they go on the rig, it's like three weeks off and yeah, it's horrible. two weeks on. It's a horrible life, really difficult well. life, right? But this is their living, like fishermen, it's their living. So um, I was being picked up on by a lot of older men. And I think the person, the bartender called Jeremy, who was serving as like security for the bar that day. He says, hey man, there's a girl who's being picked up on by, I guess there was someone who was not such a good guy, like they knew him. And so he came and he sat down and he was like literally strapping. And I looked like a hobo. I had. Sweatpants I, I looked on. like a hobo. Gray sweatpants, hoodie. Yeah. I was there to babysit <laughs> drunk women yeah. and enjoy them and watch them have Never fun. Them, yeah. yeah, and they were celebrating an incredible election, and, and it was like, that's what I was there for. It was not was there the to me. Her, um, Monique's uh, brother-in-law was elected district attorney of Lafouche Parish, and they were, we were in... Big Daddy's was the name of the bar. We were Big, Big Daddy's. Daddy's celebrating in Grand Isle, like Louisiana. Place. Let's I go. still love Monique for that. And her parents were amazing. Those are salt, salt of the earth people. Was everybody in the bar like, we want to hang I out? Don't, I don't even beer. remember. All I remember is Jeremy was talking to Monique's sister. And Monique said um, something like, oh, Melina's gold. Have you ever heard her sing? Because at the time I was really singing a Did lot. Did you start belting out? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no. But he was like, oh, she sings, she dances, she's, uh, you know. So she's we, fun. We just, um, I think he met us the next day at the beach, and he was just very straightforward. That's what I always loved about him, and I learned that from him. He's a straight shooter. He's like, I like you. Don't leave without giving me your number. There were no games. So let's get to the point. Yeah. How, how long did it take to you for you guys to a get married? A year and a half. We got engaged a year to the date, and six months later and we were married. And we moved to... Um, we were living in Houston at the time anyway. He then moved to, I believe, Elizabeth City for a while. Then he was stationed in Mobile. Um, then he Alabama. was stationed in Mobile, Alabama. And there was a hurricane. It was Ike, I believe. And then he was stationed somewhere else. And then he finally came to Ellington. Maybe two, I, My son was like nine months old when he was back home. That's incredible. Yeah. So... Again, I want to squeeze this in. You go, you're married, he's in the Coast Guard, 
he comes to you and says, Melina, I know you have a great job, things are, are, are going your way, but I really am passionate about doing a particular thing within the Coast Guard, yeah. but I have to move to New Jersey for it. Talk us through that. So we were, we'd been living in Houston for 13 years and I was like the top sales, pro probably at the time making like 150. For a um, mirror. Yeah, yeah. One, 150 a year, right, for hair stuff. For a mirror though. For your oh, for, for a mirror, for, for my uncle. Yeah. Very good point. Um, and he comes home and he's like, we're being stationed somewhere else. We have four stations to choose from. And at the time, my father had just passed away. I had a preemie daughter and he had a heart attack right around the same time. And for those were the 18 months of deep suffering. I was, it, it was probably the so only So I want to talk about that real quick for yeah. the women out there that, that go through that struggle. And I've heard that in my life, much more people very close to me that I love and, and, and truly care about are going through those same struggles. Um, you guys had gone through, Fertility. not in vitro, but yeah, you had gone we went through to the, ISO, I think uh, it was. I, IUI is what IUI. it's called. So what had happened, this is a funny story, we went to see Ziggy Marley. Mm -hmm. And the girl, didn't know her, sitting with us, I was talking about, with Natalie, my friend, I said, oh, we're having trouble having a baby. Um, and it's been four years, we've been married four years, I've never really used birth control um, and so I don't really know what's going on. And she was like, oh, you should come to my clinic. We have a new clinic. It's, and anyway, long story short, we meet Dr. Witz. And that woman is responsible for us having our first round Conceiving. of fertility almost for free. Mm -hmm. They did it. So I didn't know this. Why were you never on birth control randomly? Because I know that's a big topic I was topic never nowadays. on birth control. You just didn't believe in it? Just didn't uh, think it was no, good to put in your body? I, I, what happened was I have some type of, like, my estrogen level is a little high. So what would happen is anytime I started to take birth control, because to correct a period, to make mm -hmm. it regular, they put you on birth control. And um, Which a lot of people say is really bad nowadays. Yeah, it's really bad. So what would happen is I would get blood clots. I would see them. I would see like these big blue bruises on my arms. And so I called the doctor. I remember it was in college. It was like a freshman. And she goes, stop, stop taking it. Stop taking it. You don't need it. And so I stopped. That was it. And um, I was just curious. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that. no, it's that's I, like a thing that is, I'm very I've transparent yeah, because no, I same. feel like people should know. It's not like the picture looks so pretty. My wife keeps telling me I need to get snipped. She doesn't want to go back on birth control after a second kid. I'm like, I don't want another three. I don't want number four. I want number five. <laughs> you never know. I mean, you never well, know. I'll get My triplets. uncle is six. <laughs> um, so anyway, she, she walked you through this in vitro. It gave you your two beautiful kids. You yep, have a they gave beautiful us boy and a beautiful and girl. Two. Yep. And uh, you guys are a happy little family. So yep. he's given these options in the Coast Guard. And, and we, we, they, the Coast Guard does this. They give you a list of places, like 30 places, and you pick your top four, and then you number them. So we had put Cape, um, Cape Cod as number one. I think Sandy Hook is number two. Why Cape with, Cod? With the hope, no, with the strategic hope they would give us number two. Because God forbid you get number one on anything you choose in the Coast Guard. Yeah. So long story short, um, we get... We come to Sandy Hook, and in one weekend, we saw maybe 30 houses, saw several neighborhoods. All Atlantic Highlands? All, nope. Uh, from Atlantic Highlands to Tinton Falls to Hazlitt to Homedale, all of it. And we stayed at the Molly Pitcher, and I said to my husband, I feel most comfortable in Atlantic Highlands, but at the time, there was nothing there for us. Mm -hmm. And... Um, this house had dropped its price and immediately we went in for the kill. So the skill was, I'm not a real big deal. Like a house is a house is a house, but that was a really special house to me because it had the yard and it gave the kids a place to play. Now where was this, your current house? My current house. In Atlantic Highlands. Yeah, it's a little bi-level, um, but the, I have almost an acre. And I have yeah. woods behind me. I saw me. your son riding a little yes. moped, that little video you put up like three, four months <laughs> yeah. ago. And I was like, wow, Melina's got a pretty big yard. I, mean, I know I'm at the beach, so my yard's small here. But but it's also really close to the water. It was five minutes from Jeremy's work. Yeah, because, that's a unique piece of property. Yes. Yeah, so initially my job was going to be me traveling and him. He had the station close by. Um, so he comes here to Sandy Hook and he thrives. It's the armory. It's... 
the Homeland Security. It's yeah, he he's has dealing now with New York found, City. He's dealing yep. with some really cool, intricate things. Yep, he's found his. Jeremy's a passion. silent killer. He is. He is. He's, he he's knows. Done. He knows some crazy stuff that <laughs> he, we're not privy sometimes to. I think, sometimes I go, "Is that a real story or is that a fake story?" Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people are. I think put that's why he likes me. Him. He like he knows that I naturally know that he's a killer and he I'm is. a killer too, and yeah. it's like. So he's been shooting a gun since he was six years old, maybe even younger. I'm sure of it. But he's been hunting with his dad since he was six. So. And where did he grow up originally? He grew up Texas. Texas. San Antonio. So he was originally Texas, went to yeah. Louisiana as and well. And his parents are all his. Both his parents were Army alumni, and his brother, um, Air Force, I think, father and brother Air Force. But it, the guns were not to be feared they were to be respected and, and nice. used appropriately yeah and so he teaches the same and does he does he show your children his guns at all 100 percent. they all yeah. know everything yeah we do the same yeah they all kids. know everything this is a gun this is safety this is yeah, how you use it this is not a toy not to be touched and mm. they don't they don't yeah he he practices with them believe it or not with fake guns yeah they have laser kits they have different mm -hmm. things with fake guns so you know, it's he, he's taught me a lot. He's stretched me in places I didn't really want to be stretched. And he's got an incredible memory and he's super keen on people. So I was unhappy in my job in hair care here because I was immediately not respected. And so hold on, we, we jumped yeah. ahead, though. Oh, but where am I? You, you and this is my fault. We're both bouncing around. So ADD. <laughs> How are you going to edit this? This is great. You don't have to. We don't need that. It's amazing. This is amazing. This is going to go like Oprah's going to pick us up. <laughs> so you say we fall in love with Atlantic Highlands. We buy this house. He now obviously takes this job. You move here to New Jersey. You I, then say, I've only known the hair business, the beauty business. I'm going to go into another company here. Was that based out of New York City, New Jersey? What was the company? I got work. I got a job from an interview I interviewed, I came and flew in, and I interviewed at two places, and I, I was offered a job immediately. I was a top salesperson. And um, I came and started working in that field maybe three months after we, I got the kids settled, once they started school. Um, I loved, and I still love, Atlantic Highlands. And I went, and we, Jeremy and I had committed to go to CrossFit again. So the CrossFit gym was down the street from us, Power Pack. And the, um, still there, right? Still there. The coach, again, an incredible entrepreneur. Frank. Frank, Frank Delaney. Um, took us in with open arms, and he, that, that group at the gym became my friends. our friends immediately. So when did you decide that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and run a business? And again, I, I want to preface this in saying I know a lot of realtors Probably because I have friends that are in the business, um, but there's also been many more since Fireside launched that have reached out to me. Again, maybe because I know some guys that are somewhat successful. And I would say half of them, I'm not, I'm not saying my friends in particular, but half of the realtors that I know or know of don't really run it as a business and don't treat it that they are an entrepreneur. Like, I know the books you read. I know the mentality you have. What made you spark that fire and say, I'm going to go be a realtor and I'm going to build a real business in realty? Um, and I know you had some some troubles moving. Yeah. It was culture shock. You're going from smooth Texas to, you know, aggressive, loud Jersey. New Jersey yeah. But I like New Jersey because they're, no, they're really you. I love the direct people. I do. I love that you could just be yourself. Yeah. Really, it's not judgy, judgy, like I, I would be in California or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what I mean, had happened was someone... judgy? Yeah, a little. Someone had said to me, a, a, a supervisor, a boss, had said something to me that did not resonate. In fact, it was so yucky, what he said, that I was like, this is not going to work for me. That I already knew, and I was crying, and it just took one thing that my son said. My eight eight or nine year old at the time he goes mommy I'm gonna kill that guy and I won't say his name because I know he watches he says I'm gonna kill that guy and I he fell asleep and I said to my husband I have got to do something and the next day I sort of prayed about it and then the next day 
I got in the mail this credit card. You know those credit cards, $30,000, 0%, two years. And I, Jeremy, this is what I'm going to do. $30,000, I can quit my job. So I... Buy me some time, pay some buy bills. Buy me some time. So what I did was I, I was working in that job still maybe for... A, in hindsight now, for another month, I got my license in two weeks because I'd had it before, so it was easy. Um, got my license and uh, started to interview teams. So I went to all the top, any name I could find on Google I, and their billboards, I went and interviewed their teams. They probably don't remember now, but I interviewed all those teams. And In the real estate space. In the real estate space. And why real estate? I just knew. I just knew I could help people. I could still be a people person myself. But how do you think you can help people, right? You know, uh, 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 Ryan, this uh, is like on. their I, biggest I wanna, nut. I want to. It is, but a lot of people discredit realtors. Like, oh, this person's making thirty grand or twenty grand off this transaction. Uh, it is one of the most important purchases for most families ever, especially in a very competitive market like we have up and down the coast from New York City down to where we are and all the way through the bottom of Jersey, especially on the coast side. Atlantic Highlands is not a cheap area. Middle, Middletown, Homedale, all those yeah. areas that you work in. Yeah. What made you say, I can really help people? Because a lot of people think, ah, that's BS. And I don't think it's BS from you. Because I helped myself. I, the first house we sold, I bought, remember, I bought my first house by myself. I sold that and made 40,000 profit. Then Jeremy and I moved to a different house and we sold that to come here to New Jersey and we made 120,000. Now you tell me in two years, who can save 120,000 in their early 30s with two young kids? Yeah, it's so Nobody. true. Yeah. Very hard, right? At, at a, an income hard. of 150. Unless you inherit money or you inherit some ridiculous job. And we hadn't. Almost unrealistic. Right, exactly. Very hard to do. So I took that real like estate grand nut, of equity in my home. I mean, I And that's money. Working, growing my business, pumping money into my business, I wouldn't be able to do It's real money. Yeah. So I I call it 401k home because I really let's a, mean let's it. Let's use a different term. <laughs> do you know let's, what I mean? Let's it's not like do your 401k. It's your your equity is gold. And it's money over time. Your How money many in your buckets? 401k is not gold, though. No, but do you know what I mean? It's money over time. <laughs> yeah, it's money absolutely. over time. And real estate historically has and always been. And it's appreciation, and it gives you really a tax well. deduction, and it, it's a multifaceted. I, I don't even think about those things. So anyone who disrespects a realtor, either A, had a bad realtor, or did not, it, they'll say, oh, my, my transaction was easy. Well, nine times out of 10, your transaction was easy because your realtor was, was in the background doing stuff and connecting you with the right attorney and had the and right, the right title company and the right, exactly. So anyone who, who disrespects any field, it's like the person who I saw in your podcast the other day, the gentleman saying they disrespected my employees. Yeah. If you disrespect someone because of their pay grade, then you have completely lost touch with reality. Yeah, you're not humble, you're not in touch with humanism. No, it's a lot of things. You, you probably have something going on in your own life because no good quality, hardworking human being who has earned money and done 5,000 jobs, which most millionaires have, um, can possibly disrespect someone and over be a good person. Over some ranch. No. Over some ranch on over a Over ranch dressing. How <laughs> stupid is that? I had a woman the other day, she said, you are my realtor, you need to go pick up my packages in front of the other house. And I said to her, I am your realtor, and I am, we're fit, our transaction is finished, and the reason I'm not picking up your stuff from the other house is because you have sent it there for five different times. And you need to, sometime you have to tell the child to grow up. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I feel. You gotta create the, boundaries in any business. Yeah, this, I don't, I there don't, are During the week, I don't, I don't meet clients after five. It's very, very, very rare. Now, let's just say there's an emergency, a health crisis. Obviously, I'm there for my clients, but I, I have a family. I have two kids that wanna play with me. I have a kid that wants me to get on the floor. Dad, get on the floor, Dad, let's play trains, let's build the track. So you have to create boundaries in your life, and, and I think the true professionals do that. You jump into realty, you quickly, within three years, become the top of your office. I know you give a lot of credit to Valerie 
and the team over at Keller Williams, mm -hmm. um, and it's Keller Williams of... I, I office out of West Monmouth and Central, and home, so Homedale and Marlboro. Homedale and Marlboro. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you also had a lot of aspirations to own real estate, so you don't want to be somebody who's just selling to these investors and doing all this stuff. I know you've read a lot of, you know, you've sent me a book, Million Dollar <laughs> Real Estate. Yeah, I love the MREA book. I love Hold. I, I, Gary Keller is, is um, a force to be reckoned with mm -hmm. and a good man. Mm -hmm. Um, and a very I think he's antiquated in some of his ways, but he's got a lot of wisdom. Man. So there's a, there's a lot to learn from people like that. Um, but anyway, what I did was I entered real estate in the end of 2019, and my um, I re-entered, I should say. My mentor, Valerie, who I ended up partnering with, said to me, these are the things you need to do. You need to lead Jen, you need to call people, get to know people, integrate into your world because I had been traveling for work so I wasn't really in my community Jeremy was so um, what I ended up doing is exactly what she told me I'd go to the office and I'd get on the phones and I'd hammer the phones I'd do four cold calls four cold calls cold ice cold because I knew nobody and I would um, so for all of you who say that cold calling doesn't work in sales 2019 a woman who never had any family, friends, or a market here whatsoever. I won't give away Melina's income, but it's not 200, 300, and ain't 400. Melina's doing very well. She started with cold calls. So mm -hmm. for all of you who make excuses, guy or gal, here's your story of no excuse. <laughs> well, my why was big. I had to replace my income, and I, I needed to support two young children you mapped it out, and a husband. Yeah, how, do I, I, how do I get to this income And I number? remember I said to, I was crying in the car and I said to Valerie, what do I do? She said, do exactly what I tell you to do. So I'd go to the office, I'd do those open houses, I'd meet people. I knew if I met people, they would see what the value I had to offer. Um, and it, it just went from there. So 2019, I sold a few houses. 2020, um, <laughs> I had maybe 17 or 12 in the pipeline, like pending, and boom, COVID hits. And I'm petrified. And, but in, I just kept calling, calling people and just saying, how are you doing? How's everything? How's work? Building How's life? Rapport, building relationships. And I'd call my friends and I would call my past clients and I'd call people I met at open. I was really worried for people. Time out, I gotta give a plug to Fireside Newsletter. I just wrote, and most of that that comes out of it is fully written by me. Yep. I gave Incredible a shout out that said, pick up the phone, call people. Ask. It's a lost art. Yeah. Just, I'm just asked, just stay in touch with people. Between social media and all that stuff is amazing. We're doing a lot with social media now. We're going to continue to grow your social media. But people want to talk to people. They want to connect. We're they humans. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we yearn for these things. Pick up the phone. Connect with people important especially in business it was it was huge for me it was like the, it's everything um, so I would I did exactly that and and one thing led to another I had this amazing family and they bought like six properties with me they had come into a lot of money from their father's company and had to liquidate from Japan a lot and I, I'm I just I don't know the experience just started to grow and grow and grow and I was so happy helping people in a time where people were closeted and fear and and were not leaving, I was still going out. I never stopped showing houses or doing real estate for all of COVID, never stopped. Yeah, you weren't afraid of the pandemic. No, never stopped. I was not afraid at all. And, but, but what really hurt was my kids suffered, especially my youngest daughter was in kindergarten. So she lost all of her reading foundation so by the time we got to second grade, the end, first grade was terrible. It was a horrible experience. I watched her cry all the time. She hated school. Uh, school's in, school's out. I'm still practicing real estate. Jeremy is, uh, you know, deeper into his his role. In his role, right? Things are really scary now, and I just had to make some really strong choices and so I got time blocked. So obviously you did an excellent job and I don't want to go into the details of how you map your day out and, and you and I talk a lot about the stuff. It's and ebb I, and flow. And I enjoy it. <laughs> like I think that like I start to think of like how did I connect with Melina and like 
how are we this close now? But it's like this unique relationship of like two opposites, but two similar people. Mm-hmm. Like you definitely would not act as reckless as I do at times, but we deep down in our hearts have the same exact mindset same that we passion. want. Yeah, the same passion for people, for America, and for business. So I want to talk about your real estate. So you've read these Gary Keller books. You have been a fan of, of owning real estate, going into real estate. So you start saying, and, and, and you will admit this as I love you, you get a little neurotic, right? You, I do, I get crazy. Right, right, I want to do this, right? I, I, I'm making too much money. Where's my money going? I'm making too much money. I want to buy real I estate. I do, I do. I get neurotic because I'm a believer, and maybe that's just me. There's some people that are savers and some people that need to be forced to save. I am definitely one that needs to be, we're a family that needs our savings, has to have a direction. Where you put your eyeballs is where you're gonna go. So I knew, I wrote down at the beginning of 2021, I wanna own, we wanna own investment property, but I really wanted to own investment property. So I started to look at it and every opportunity that came across my desk. And let's give Brian a shout out, Brian Homwitz. Oh, Brian Homwitz connected us. Oh my God, I forgot. first got connected. I said, Brian's a friend of mine, very dear friend. And he also did the mortgage on our house. And I called him one day and I said, Brian, we were talking about a file. And I I, I said to him, "I I need a financial advisor. I need someone to level up with me because I've had a slew of them and they're awful. And he was, he said to me, I have the guy for you. And it was a good choice. And so he's like, these two ADD all-stars can go together. They'll be perfect. <laughs> he says, I have the perfect guy for you. And of course we met and it was, yeah. I don't know, that was a year ago at least. You, Jeremy, your family, your story resonated with people. me quickly. Yeah. Quickly, you're not wild people. You, you guys go to church, you're big in your community. You know, you, we, you and I had a conversation recently. How can I give more back to Atlantic Highlands? Which is, it's, it's, from people who don't know, Atlantic Highlands is, like, what's the square mile? It's not... One square mile. Yeah, it's one square mile. It's not a big town, and you're so passionate about giving back and being involved in that community. And It's like a... It's it's Little House on the prairie that, prairie that nobody knows about. It's the town that nobody realizes so... It's so you got full. New York City views. Oh you my got God. Bay views. Not only that, you've got close to em- Seabright, Sandy yeah. Hook, Emilio's Kitchen. A, a, a guy who, also an immigrant, who lives on top of the restaurant with his family and started the restaurant. You've got Frank Delaney, the, um, the person who starts the CrossFit. Do you know what I mean? It's like all these small, thriving, incredible businesses that if you easily transplanted them the into the city, Carton Brewery, another story, transplanted Carton them into the city. Carton has a great city, logo. It would be amazing. Oh, How yeah. great does their logo stand out? It's great. <laughs> so again, and I, I want to wrap this up because I know you got to go pick up your kids and you are a busy mom. So for the moms out there that say they can't get it done, Melina's getting it done. Um, Not without friends. <laughs> and help. It takes a village. Not without help, yeah. So you go and, and, and we, we talk through obviously buying strategies and where to get the money and how to finance it. And, and we finally strike on your first property here in Manasquan, which is awesome. Beautiful community. Incredible. Great place you can rent out. There's, there's not going to be a problem with it at all. Then Jeremy moves, right? He gets... He deported. gets a, yeah. He's stationed to Charles. He's stationed um, he in gets, Charleston. Yeah, deployed, yeah. Deployed. <laughs> deported. Deployed. It's all the same. So he gets deployed they are to, white nowadays. <laughs> to Charleston, and they're they're stationing him on a cutter. There's a Homeland Security cutter. I think it's like one of eight or nine, um, and it's 500 feet. And they're building. I gotta it. get him drunk and like get some good stuff out of him. You'll get. A, you will not believe the stories Jeremy has to tell you. <laughs> Unbelievable what happens to that man, um, but. Long story short, he goes and he starts looking for rental properties. We just closed on Manasquan. He's looking for rental property. It's like $1,000 to rent a room out of someone's house. And I, I looked at him and I was like, Jer, let's just buy. This was four days into the trip. They canceled the military, the housing at the Coast Guard. It's gone to the Navy. Um, and I'm like, we should just look. So I called a referral agent. Thank God for referral partners. And I said, who do you know in Charleston who's really good and aggressive? And he gave me the name of this girl. And she has been, What's her, her name, name is Winnie. Winnie. Winnie South Winnie Charleston. <laughs> but she, um, I was, I'm so tough. When it comes to business, I'm tough. So I said, Winnie, this is what I need. 
boom, 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 boom. And I need, mathematically, I need it to look like this. And it needs to be close to the station. And we want to be able to have another Coastie living with Jeremy. And boom, it just happened. We found a place and one day, he looked for one day and he called me and yeah. it was great. Yeah, that's that's another piece of property now, your second investment. Yeah, we're investment. on number two. number two. Number two in six months, it's like, woo! So move to New Jersey, move to probably the top of the office, have a great team, obviously great partnership with Valerie and your offices. You're killing it. You know, to, to round this out, I'd like to ask a couple questions. Yeah. Um, the first one is give, you know, when we talked a little bit about a few restaurants and places already, the CrossFit gym, give us two more places in the area of Atlantic Island. It doesn't have to be Atlantic Island. Oh it my could God. be Homedale, so it could I'd be Middletown. I'll give you three. I'll give you three places, rest businesses you should go to. You should go to Strata immediately. The food is phenomenal. It is. You should go to um, Cunhas I Am if you want true Thai food. Phenomenal. My favorite ice cream, and I, I cannot, I've tried a hundred places, Nicholas Creamery. Have you been to Jersey Freeze? I have not, but I will try. <laughs> Just so I saw that. Um, I love Nicholas Creamery. It is local, and it's yes. open all year round, which I you go. I am a girl Jersey who will eat ice cream as well. in winter. Not, not nothing against Excellent. Nicholas. I will try him, I promise. Yes. Um, and you should go to the movie house, which Kevin Smith just partnered with some locals and they bought the Atlantic Highlands movie theater. And it is now called Smod Playhouse, I think, or Smod Movies or something well, like that. I know that, a lot of the producers and directors and Hollywood people. We had Basil Iwinick on. He's the producer of all amazing. the John Wick series in the town. You know, these guys all want to bring... Actually, I ran into a, another producer who's producing uh, The Little Mermaid. He's wow. done Chicago, which is probably a great amazing, movie. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I'm right in Bayhead this morning at the coffee shop. And uh, these people want to bring back, you know, the movie theater. They, yeah, they want the, things the to theater, be in the theater. The, 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 the art of performing. I mean, I learned so much from just performing live. Imagine if you're like... Singing in front of thousands of people, moving hearts. Talk about your confidence. No, yeah, no better way to do it than with your voice. Yeah, speaking or yeah, singing. Yeah, no and, way. and that and that uh, that passion you could put out in, in any way, whether it be speech, singing. Um, the last question is: if a young woman or man uh, is looking to launch into any career, whether it be real estate or anything. What's the one thing you would tell them is most important and has helped you get through? If you're going to bank on anyone, bank on yourself. So you've got to, there invest is a formula. You. Yeah, there is a formula and it's not investing as Valerie would always say, it's not investing in the sparkly things. It's investing in the work and the time mm -hmm. because the cheapest way to get to where you want to get is sweat equity. Yep. So it's, I hate to say that, but it's, it's the truth. So the, the first year I didn't yeah, spend money on marketing. I spent money on nothing but paying off that $30,000 credit card. But we, I, I did the work to learn the business, to be the best I could be for everybody. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. You've done it all, local opera, Italy singing, Austria, Texas, Houston, San Antonio, California. Everywhere, everywhere. You've you've been around. You have a you have a ton of wisdom at your young age, and I know that you're going to continue to do big things. You and Jeremy and your family together. You're amazing, together. Ryan. Thank you. Cheers again. Thank you for coming on the show. I Thank appreciate you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You're welcome.